to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome back. Thank you guys for helping. I knew that this was going to have to be broken into two episodes because this just, as you said uh, before, Toya, it's a fire hose. Not a garden hose. And and so we talked a lot. That, the last episode was pretty heavy because we talked about a lot of the uh, the dangers, the, the problem, the stuff going on. And so I'm a little more excited about this discussion because we're going to be talking about solutions and things that we can do. Um, and I'd like to pick up with where Reba left off using her voice. So if you listen to the, the last episode, she she called somebody out on a, on a mission trip to Nicaragua. If you haven't heard that story, you need to go back and listen to it. Um, but you actually did the number one thing that's important in the area of defense, and that is to be loud and to be heard. And I think that so many people are afraid to let their voice um, come out. You are a, a, a small woman, but boy, you're mighty. And that's what so many, I have all these small girls. In fact, some of the most powerful women and powerful people I know are these small women. And it's because you know how, and you're not afraid to use your voice. Have you always been that way? Or is that something that uh, God worked up in you? No, I've always been that way. <laughs> Actually, as a child, I kind of got myself in trouble doing that. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> but I've learned how to, you know, just how to steward that. But yeah, I've always been that way about um, just that sense of justice yes. and protecting the helpless, the defenseless. That's always been in me. And I think some of that has to do with my own brokenness from childhood. You know, you have more compassion. But I think mine just grew into passion, especially after I began to, to find the healing that I needed in that area. Mm. And... Um, so I think that in itself gives you the confidence. When, and I know Toya can probably identify with this as well. Uh, once you begin to, to find that healing yourself, there's a confidence that rises up in you and more of a sense of justice is wanting to see this thing end, whether it be sexual abuse in the home, whether it be the sex trafficking, which a lot of times they all, all intertwine. But yeah. Well, and, and to let your voice be heard. So, I mean, is, what is your experience in the area of your voice, Toya? Well, spot on. And I will say that I have not always, I mean, I've always been where I would fight for others. Um, but because of what happened and all throughout my past, I thought if I would, when, when it came to somebody trying to molest me or do something to me, I would shut down and get quiet and think if I, if I would just be quiet enough, if I'd just be compliant. Um, that's not at all what happens with predators. In fact, it, it brings their game up a notch. And so um, part of my process of healing, and I love Reba's story, I love it, is that when you begin to heal, the, the areas of your life only God can walk you out of. When you begin to heal from that and you break free from that inability to speak up for yourself, um, and we saw it with every single survivor we we worked with at the house in particular, they would not fight for themselves. They would mm -hmm. not speak up for themselves. Uh, they'd be more likely to fight for their friend and maybe be punished for that. Um, that was my life is that I, I jump on you and beat you down for my sister or for a friend. But if you came after me, I just shut down and closed up. It was one of, one of the most traumatic things. And I know Reba could probably speak for days on this with people she's counseled with, but where they've just gone inside and just gotten just quiet and so hurt and overwhelmed with never having a voice for themselves. When I broke free, when I got healed, especially the first year that I was born again, but throughout my growing up um, in the Lord life past that, when I um, broke free from that and actually found my voice, I already were, were fighting for friends and people I knew for different reasons um, that I felt 
things were happening to them unjustly. But my voice was like, I will never sit here and watch one more person without me saying something or doing something. I will not sit by and question myself or, oh, well, maybe they didn't mean that. You know, maybe he just meant such and such. Maybe I'm looking at that wrong or took it the wrong way. I'd rather say, back up, knock it off and use my voice for that. And, and these young girls and boys that we're working with, creating in them their own voice to speak up for themselves. You might be wrong later, but you took the initiative early on to go, no, no. And those 97% of these girls and boys that end up being trafficked, anywhere along the way, if they would say no, it would stop. And so we've got to talk about that. And then your side of it, Reba, where the public needs to step up and go, I think something's happening over there. I need to use my voice and say something. And that's what you did, Reba. And I'm so proud of you for that. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, there's there's a story that I heard recently, and I think that's important. I mean, this isn't just a, 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 a little girl issue. This is a little boy issue, too. Um, so there was this man, it, it's kind of a long story. There's a, there's a, a fellow, a pastor I love to listen to, and he has started a new podcast and he had a fellow on that ultimately worked for the CIA. Um, but what he, he started off as a cop and he was doing all, he was collaring all these people, uh, collar is just an arrest, but he, he would see the problem, but he's like, okay, he became a believer and he said, okay, God, well, I see the problem. I see the result, but how do I get to the root? So he began one case at a time praying, okay, well, what's the root? And then God would reveal the root to him, and he would attack the root, and then the problems around that area would dissolve. Specifically, I mean, all over the place. But, like, for example, they had this when one of, the, one of the areas had a huge gang issue. And, you know, so, you know, instead of saying, yeah, we got a gang issue, because, well, why do we have a gang issue? And so he began, he prayed, the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. He attacked the root of the problem. He didn't have to go worry about the gang anymore. The gang dissolved. And so CIA reaches out to him, and they said, well, I, I've heard uh, about this, you, you know, your cases and all that kind of stuff, and we'd like to maybe you, you come and work for us. And he, they said, just teach us how you're doing this. Well, you're not going to like what I have to say. And he goes, well, what do you mean? He said, well, so he said, pick, pick, pick one of the cases. And so he picked one and read it to him. He said, okay, well, in that particular case, um, you know, I knew this was going on, so I stopped and asked the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and he said, and there were crickets on the other side. And the CIA eventually hired him. Okay, I told you all of that to get to this one story he told, and that was that there was this, this little boy. He was, so he was speaking at a, an elementary school, and there's this one little boy in the school, and they knew that this kid, from the language that he had used at some point, that he'd end up being, you know, because and this is, you know, the first, when I heard this was after all that Uvalde stuff, you know. And, but anyway, and he, they knew that it, we're watching this kid because someday he's going to end up being a school shooter just from the things that he said you mind talking to him? He's in the principal's office right now. And he's like, sure, I'll go talk to him. So he would, the kid wouldn't talk to anybody. He would not say a word. He was totally silent. So he went in, started talking to the kid, asking him questions, and he would not, the kid wouldn't respond. He wouldn't say anything. He wouldn't um, speak. And so finally, you know, he asked him the question. He said, um, who are you? And the kid said, invisible. Mm. He said, okay. Yeah. So and this kid, he lived with his grandfather, so the father was missing in the home. So he said, okay, because we're here in a school in a public environment. I can't say, what does God say? He said, so what, is, what does love say that you are? He said, a genius guitar player. And this, I mean, this, I mean, this just came right out of the kid. I mean, bubbled up. He didn't have a guitar, never played a guitar, never seen a guitar yeah. practically. And so what this man did, he said, well, okay. So he went and he bought this kid a guitar. And so the grandfather, because the grandfather didn't have a clue what to do with this kid, he said, well, if you will... Um, if you're, since you bought him a guitar, I'll, I'll get him guitar lessons. He checked up on the kid a year later. He'd already won all kinds of awards in regards to, he was the, one of the top kids in the, in the school system or in, in, the, in, in, the, in the school. I mean, this kid's life was totally turned around because, see, this is the problem. And this is what technology and everything else does is it hides people's identities. It keeps them away. It says that you are invisible and that you don't have a voice, even though we think that because of technology, we have a voice. The opposite is, is more true. And so... That kid found his voice, and we have to learn more. So it, it's, it's, it's in my heart to help people, as many people as possible, find out who they are. If you learn who you are and who your identity is, and only Jesus can tell you who you are, once you know your identity, you can learn your purpose. Mm -hmm. But you can't find right. it. It doesn't work the other way. Your purpose without your identity will always be misdirected. And I think that that's, that's one of the things, as far as all the sex trafficking and all this kind of stuff, you know, you talk about, yes, use your voice, but I think a lot of these kids feel invisible like that one little boy did mm -hmm. and you have one person give you some attention 
inappropriate, inappropriate though it may be, and then they latch onto it. So I would ask you ladies this, okay, let's, let's just first speak to the, to the environments where you have both parents. I know that there's other environments, but let's speak to the father and the mother and, you know, and, and, and let's talk to that family and say, okay, how do you keep, you know, your kid, how do you give them a voice? How, how do you keep them out of, you know, the situations of falling into being prey for a predator? So that, I think I'll throw that question out there and start with whoever wants to start. Go ahead, Reba. You go ahead, Toya. <laughs> well, that's what we do. I, I was going to say, you know, vulner vulnerable no more is, but I, no, I'm, you know, you, you've talked to so many people and I know you're, you know, having done that, you have a real perspective I don't have. Um, but I, I would say that is why we have created all of this information for parents and for kids to go and actually, you can watch different segments and see specific topics that can be watched if, if you want to watch it first um, without your kids and filter through the conversation you want to have with your children um, and then watch it together please feel free to do that we have recorded three live events uh, one is co-ed and the first two were um, for parents or because the first two were female only and the third one was a co-ed group we have a mix of things for people to watch and listen to um, that you can pick pieces from as a, a like a mother father child family a more traditional i guess in old times would have been family um, center then y'all can do that together but like a single dad a single mom can go into our for the one Dot one is okay. I'm going to throw that out there so anybody well, would get it on the screen. I, I'm, I'm one. I'm one. <laughs> as much information out there as possible. Yeah. Right. So if you went into for the one dot one, you could peruse that thing for months and find different pieces you want to watch personally. Then there'll be some you want to watch with your children. Then um, there'll be some that you can do with community groups, church groups, and we will eventually. And by January first, I intend to have a giftable giveaway curriculum content for families and churches to use. Awesome. I wanted to go to children, youth and family and the, our public school, you know, we're getting it everywhere we can because the parents need to know why their children are vulnerable. They need to know why they're vulnerable by not being aware of some of these very things that Trent and Reba and I have been talking about, but it, it would put it all in a conversational nutshell. This is such a big conversation. You can pick and choose what you want to watch at your own pace. Um, we have 10 videos that we recorded during COVID, during the lockdown. And each one of those are done by different specialists that talk about all these segments. Um, I saw you can some of those. They jump were actually on YouTube on one and of that see first them. Page. Yeah, I remember seeing. In fact, one of They're them. Really good. They were really good. I highly recommend it. And those that were that she's speaking to right now are on for the one dot one, and that's where I found yes. it. And there was a there was a, a he was a I don't know if he was I don't think he was FBI. I can't remember exactly what his position was, but he was in law enforcement, and he had some some really good things to say as well. I mean, Anthony Mays. So, Go ahead, so he's the command. He was the commander um, at our attorney general's office. He's the commander um, over child um, uh, sexual, uh, sexual exploitation. exploitation. My lips. <laughs> Wouldn't I? Yes. He, he is, his um, commanding position was over that. So he is so wise and brought so many great things that parents could do. And, and actually the red flags that would show parents and families that their kids have an issue. So they, he things you could watch out for. And then what do you do with that information to protect your children? Well, you know, that, that's really good. Now, there's also another website, if I'm not mistaken, and that's Vulnerable No More. I know that's kind of your catchphrase, but it's, is this the, that Vulnerable No More I know is out on For the 1.1. But y'all were recently filming some stuff that was amazing, by the way, that, uh, I, that you'd sent the other day. And I'll put those links here as well. But um, is there another website as well, or is it just For the 1.1? You can get to everything through for the one dot one. So for the one dot one is the um, the over the very top tier of our ministry, okay. and we broke it into two separate things. One is we support phase three survivors, 
of yeah. sex trafficking. And then the second thing that we are focused on uh, with every bit, every breath in our bodies is to getting this vulnerable, no more content out into the community. Because if you all know what it looks like and sounds like, um, you adults know, then that's awesome. If your kids find out, we have, we can win this war. We can win it. Oh, if everybody finds out, we can win it. No question. And I, 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 here's the thing too, is that we don't eat the whole elephant, so to speak, you know, all at once. This is, this is, it begins in our community and we each have a circle of influence. And I think it's really important that um, we realize that this is a, a concerted effort. You're in Albuquerque. We're here in Amarillo and Bushland and in, in, in the panhandle of Texas. And so here's the thing is that, you know, God, he, he, you know, we know people, people know people that we don't know. I mean, and so he connects us. And I think that if we can begin to make our communities aware, um, I think that we really can. I mean, make, well, we can Please make sure share. that they don't come into our communities, let them know there's going to be a lot of pain if they do. So, and that's the good part of social media. Uh, we were asking people for two years during COVID. We're like, you can be a, a somebody not in this state or even in this country, and you could help join alongside with us and actually become remote volunteer by by sharing, following us, sharing it to your own. Um, circle group to your sphere of influence and you can't believe the phone calls I've navigated and the emails I've gotten because somebody shared it on their social media this is how we win with social media yes it's so good mm, that is good well so I'm gonna I'm gonna direct something kind of your way Reba and that is so in, in the area of technology um, so I have other ministry I think that you know I know we've done some things uh, in the church, but it's called uh, Kids, Parents, and Tech. And one of the things I, I came up with, or I dubbed the spill effect, and it's, it's social media, pornography, immoral concepts, loss of innocence, and loss of ambition. And you kind of go in that order. Um, social media, in my opinion, is, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the devil's, you know, workshop. It really is. I know there's, just like you mentioned, there are some good things, but there's so much bad stuff, especially for young people um, and, and whatnot. But pornography. And I want to kind of touch on that a little bit. Um, so you've done a lot of research in the area of human trafficking, and, and you had touched on and mentioned, or I believe it was you, um, you made a statement the other day that I thought was kind of powerful, and I'd like you to touch on this. And it has to do with um, the seductress in Proverbs, I believe, you know, and in pornography. And, and from a woman's perspective, um, as we talked a minute ago, well, there's both men and women that are drawn into this now. I don't know if you speak to one differently than the other. I know exactly how to speak to the men, but what are your thoughts in regards to pornography, what it does to the spirit, and, and what we need to do for uh, pulling some of them out? Well, I think, first of all, we've got to know that we aren't battling flesh and blood. That's right. You know, and throughout Proverbs, there's a, I don't have the chapters here, but there's like four chapters. I think it starts in chapter five through uh eight or nine, I can't remember, but throughout that, it talks about the seductress, and as I was reading it, uh, the end game is utter destruction, and it's talking about the man particularly, about the seductress and how she uh, lures him in, like, and then it's just, the end game is just, just utter destruction, but as I was reading it, I felt like God was showing me this is a seductive spirit yeah. because we are not battling flesh and blood. The mm -hmm. women need to know they're battling it as much as a man is yeah. because a woman is trying to compete with a, another woman. And what I tell young women and girls and women even my age, you're not to battle that. You're to destroy that. Absolutely. That is not something you compete with. That is not you destroy yeah. it. Well, that's and, a spirit of comparison. Yeah, right? it is yeah. a spirit of comparison. Yeah. And for the men, it's just, okay, do you want to be strong? If you want to be strong, like God has called you to be strong, and women are called to be strong, they're called to be empowered. But in order to do that, we've got to overcome this seductive spirit that's coming out, out and against us. And it, it's ultimately a Jezebel spirit. Yes, it really absolutely is. really is what it is. And... Um, but as I have just taught different groups and individuals in this area, it's about knowing what you're fighting sometimes is key. I know even when my husband and I were talking about it a while back when I started 
telling him, you know, what we're battling is a seductive spirit. And yeah. he said, you know, now that I have a name to it, it helps. You that's, know? that's that's a good I, I yeah. love Ernie we need to get him on here at some point but yeah. no that's exactly right it is yeah. and so I think that's just vital that we know what we're fighting that in itself will begin to equip us and um yeah so. I think I think that's good you know so that, let's talk about you know pornography it it is absolutely prolific. Um, we gave some statistics about how much it's being viewed. Um, some people, they, they wake up and they're watching it with, their, I mean, eating their cereal. It, it's, it's truly uh, an addiction. I mean, there's all the studies about what it does in regards to the dopamine in the brain. Um, and, and there is literally a, a, a chemical and physiological response to the pornography. But more importantly, there is a spiritual response because what happens is you're getting all the gain without any of the effort and work. Um, and so it, it's, and then enough is never enough. So in the area of pornography, um, obviously as a man, I've counseled and I've been, I've seen, I've just seen so much. I don't remember who said it, but y'all talked about just it being it, it, women being as addicted. It's not just women, it's little kids um, at a Hope Choice, a ministry here in Amarillo. There was a little girl that came in. She was eight years old and she was addicted to pornography. So this is the first thing I'm going to tell parents, you know, what not to do. Um, it, and the parents said, well, she got, a, you know, an iPad for Christmas. And it was, quote, unquote, it's hers. What are we supposed to do? And I mean, that, that's when you take and you smack the parent in the back of the head and you say, you take it away from the kid. Sorry. No, it's all right. But it's just, it, it's insane how many people, how many parents want to be their kid's friend instead of being their parent. So first and foremost, you are responsible for that child, the devices that you put in their hand. And I'm going to give you some more tools here in a minute, but I'll say this. In, in, in Matthew 18.6, Luke 17.2, Mark 9.42, they say the exact same thing. And it says, you're better to tie a millstone around your neck and to cast yourself into the sea than to hurt one of these little ones. Okay, so that means these predators and these people that are pursuing your kids or intentionally trying to harm your children, let me tell you, they're heaping coals on their head. They're going to get their justice in the end. But we don't want our kids to fall into that vein. We want to protect them and keep them safe. So here's the thing I'm going to say. I'm going to get y'all's opinion on this. And so I'm always, you know, like, what's the age for a phone and all this kind of stuff? And I'll tell you what. If you want an age, wait until they can drive. And you can get a burner phone or a, a family phone. And, and so when the kids go out and they're with friends, then I'll tell you software. You can use MM Guardian or Custodio or some things like that. So when they're on networks outside of your home, it protects the device and they can't get to things. Only the th And you can see every text message. You can see everything that, that they're viewing and everything. And you can restrict them from getting to certain things. I would tell you, but here's the thing is that I, it, there's no need for young kids to have these devices. That's the first thing that is going, I, I feel like predators are going to use to exploit them and, and, and to pull them into areas of pornography. Um, and I'm going to talk to the parents who are struggling with pornography in a minute, but I think that, that that's my opinion. I, what are y'all's thoughts in regards, like your kids when, I know, I mean, I don't know how big of a deal it was because there wasn't the phone really. Right. Yeah, we didn't have the battle that the parents are having right now. But my thing is that the parents need to take their authority back. We've given way too much authority over the, the Internet, over uh, their devices, and allowing them. And no, they should not even, you know, they're talking about they're over-sexualizing our children. No, they should not be teaching our children about sex, period. Period. That, that is the parent's job, and uh, God created it on purpose. It's supposed to be a beautiful thing within covenant between a husband and a wife, but that has been perverted on on pornography sites, and these kids that are getting a hold of it at a young age, biologically, they are not capable to handle this. They cannot handle what they're seeing, and just like this little eight-year-old girl. I read about a little nine-year-old girl, a nine-year-old boy, and he, he was addicted. He can't handle that. Children should not be. Nobody can handle it. They should not be especially kids. at yeah. access in their hands. And I think parents just need to know that um, it's, I heard once that it's not, if your child is exposed to pornography right now, it's when your child is. No, it absolutely is. And, and then so, the age they first see it's yeah. scary. Yeah. And, and so it's about parents being the guardian of these devices and i love toya what um one of the officers on one of the panels that i watched that you had uh that i i watched that video i can't remember the name of the panel but um 
one of the things he said, he said, parents, take your authority back. No, wait, just a second. He said, make an account, walk into their account. In other words, parents have got to guard what they're yeah, watching. Don't let them go into the bedroom, just like that one video that Toya has oh, no. that it shows all these men coming into the bedroom with their child. You need to know it's on your doorstep right now. It's not, it's not in a foreign country anymore. In the U.S., it's in every single state. And you can pretty much safely say it's within a block or two of victims of children that are being trafficked but the thing of it is my i was thinking about this today would a parent allow their child to open the door to a stranger if he knocked on the door rang the doorbell what do you tell your child to do if say the parent is gone you tell them do not open that door that's exactly right well i'm telling you parents there are people there are predators there are evil predators that are knocking on your door right now. Some may have already entered in, but there are things and ways that you can stop it. There's uh, resources that you can get a hold of to talk and carry on the right age-appropriate conversations with your And that's children. important. Yeah. It's the principle. Princi- I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. But it's the, I want you to touch on this, both of you. The principle of first mention, it says the, the whoever speaks to you about a certain topic first becomes the expert in that area. Yeah. So when I was in second grade, my buddy Matt Adams, I mean, he's the same age as me. He was the expert in sex. I mean, you know, and so yeah. <laughs> it took a while to overcome that. So yeah. you have, we have had to have conversations with our kids um, about homosexuality and all this trans stuff and drag. I mean, whoever thought you'd have to talk about a bunch of dudes dressing up in clothes, putting clown makeup on, you know, um, would be a thing. I mean, and I, I, my disrespect to them, well, I'm disrespecting the sin, not the person. It is, it's absolutely demonic. And so on that point, um, I think it's really important. Yes, talk to your kids. Be the first one that they hear from on these topics. And, and so it, I think one of the hardest ones to talk about uh, with especially, you know, young, young, one of them, but especially young girls. I feel like young girls are attacking the area of their body. Um, and, and not only just their body, but their image and, and then the sin of comparison. And then you throw all that stuff online. So what, what would you ladies say? Toya, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually ask you there first. I mean, what, what are your thoughts in that area in regards to helping equip them and building up confidence in them? Well, and we talked about this just a little bit. So I see everything through this vulnerable no more filter. I can't help it. And I mentioned that I have three daughters. So we've certainly navigated this, you know, back when I'm like, you're not getting anything written on the back of your shorts. I don't care who's wearing it, you know, so we did a lot of that too. Um, And it's, it's been ongoing. Um, Even we've got grandkids now, you know, so it's, I've seen it exponentially worse as time has gone on, but even, and I'm 62, but even back when my kids were the age group that yours are now, Trent, you know, we had those conversations and um, we talked the other day, Reba, you and I, where I just said, the sooner um, we get more comfortable talking to our kids about this and that they see that our heart is not to control, but to love and to protect in a healthy way, um, that we're not the fun police, you know, or whatever. Um, and we begin to, to just open up moments of conversation. We need to overcome being uncomfortable about having conversations so that they will come to us and say to us, you know, Hey, somebody said to me, or somebody asked me this, or especially online, somebody asked me to send a picture or whatever, which then becomes what we call sextortion, where they use it against them to get them to do more things. But anyway, um, again, it's the filter with vulnerable no more at home. It is critical that we work as a team. And so the sooner you can start talking to your kids about how you're a team, our family is a team. We work together with social media. We talk about everything. There's not one thing you can't come to me and talk to me about. You need to know that. Not so you'll get in trouble or I can throw punishments around, but so you can ask me questions. And I promise you, I'm not going to hold secret things away from you. I'm going to tell you, but through a filter of God's love and what his priorities are and the things he's put in place to protect us, to keep us safe. 
I want to do that in a family environment. And I think the younger you can create that with both your kids, I'm doing it with my grandkids right now. We'll be driving along organically. You know, you can talk to us about anything, right? You could talk to your pop-up and tutu about anything. And I, that's when I throw out those conversations. I don't sit them on the chair across from me and go, look into my eyes. Yeah. Talk about sex. They all walk you know, up I mean, in, They'll yeah. shut down in a second. But that's when you say that really um, what you're wearing sets you up to really, and yes, you can, as Christian families, you can go into, that is not who God says you are. It's not. It's cheapening the version of who God created you to be. That is not who you are. You don't, these, the world wants you to be a seductress. They're saying that's empowering and powerful. Well, why, of course the enemy is going to try to convince them that way. So they will put down their barriers and boundaries and they will put that all out on social media and when they get dressed to go out. So I think the sooner and we pray, we, we pray over their hearts. Father, I thank you that you created my child and you know her or he better than anyone. Help me to have the words to speak to my children. Help me to see the way you want me to deal with their hearts and these issues. Even help me when a discipline is necessary. Help me to create what that discipline is that would be most effective to capture their hearts. That's what we need. And frankly, that's what our love for Jesus has done with us as adults. We're not following these don't do this, do this rules. It's because we're so smitten by a loving father that we don't want to do anything that compromises that. And so I'm just saying that's what we tried to create in our home and I felt miserably some days. But we want them, your kids, your grandkids, to have a heart so soft and so loving towards God and that they're so sure that you love them enough to step into their life and to do social media with them. That means that we're not going to let them go in their bedroom with their laptop or their That's phones right. or their iPad. We're not. Whether you get one for them is up to you. That becomes your job then because it's not their fault if a predator gets to them on there. It's and, not their and actually, fault. Actually, there, there's there's responsibility in that area. Now, here's I'll tell you this: there's, kids are going to try to get, they're going to be exposed if it's not through this. Th there's always going to be things, and we have to prepare them, set them up. But listen, we can make it. It's it's not about like you said, you know, being the fun police. It's, so we talked about this. I, so we have five kids: four girls, one boy. God has a sense of humor. Oh my gosh, you know, I have all I have all brothers. Okay, I have one sister, and my sister's six years older than me. And so I was, I mean, being that far behind her, I didn't really know. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I saw girl stuff or whatever else, but I didn't get what girls were going through. So I didn't really get the girl stuff at that point. I didn't care. I was too little. But then so I, had, I knew what to do with boys, and then you, God gave us all these girls. And I'm glad he did because that means when I get old, I'll have someplace that somebody will take care of me. You know I mean? <laughs> you have all these sons. They may not, may not be as willing. But, but I will say that I, I – I, there's struggles that I did not expect. And, um, but the, there's two things. A little boy, they need to know that they're powerful, they're strong, and that they have what it takes. A little girl needs to know that they are beautiful and they're worth fighting for. So I want to tell the parents that right now, that you have to answer those questions for your kids because if you don't, I promise you somebody else will. Um, and I think that kind of leans, you know, into what both of you have said um, in regards to just, you know, having their heart, that's what we do in our home. You know, we have the heart test, um, you know, and my wife, Brandy, she's amazing. She's way better than I ever deserved. And she and I, so if, if we're struggling, you know, you know, in a home, that's, that's, that's the beauty of marriage. I mean, so there's some children that Brandy can speak to better than me. They just relate better and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so that what's really good in that regard is that whenever, um, you know, there's maybe we're, we're dealing with something, we call it the heart test. And, and I mean, do I have their heart? Because if I have their heart, I have their ear. Um, and so I think we need to talk about what does that mean? How do we have their heart? Um, and, and how do we know we have their heart? And, and I think that that's a practical thing that would be helpful to parents. Mm -hmm. I'll start with you, Reba. What do you think? Well, I just want to just uh, kind of back up about what Toya said about where we need to approach this without it being like we're some sort of police over our kids yeah that's i totally they've agree got, yeah. they've got to know that we love them this is this is not because we don't trust them it's because we don't trust 
what's out there right now. That's right. I mean, we fought and battled Absolutely. it when the girls were younger, but nothing to the the massive scope that it is oh, now. Oh, it's it's you yeah, know. off the scales now, yeah. But what we did with um, with our girls is, um, and one of our daughters, um, I would, I'd just just share an example of one of them. I told her, I said, listen, I said, if you're ever anywhere that you don't feel comfortable, you're with your friends, you just call me. We have a code, and that code was, Mom, really, do I have to come home? That's all she had to say. That's good. And so yep. I got that phone call, and I told her, I said, you will not be in trouble. And so, I mean, those things are vital to build. Maybe get a code word with your child, whether it's, um, and what I'm talking about, whether they're out with their friends or something like that. But within the, the realm that we're battling now, because it's right in our own home, it's under our roof. Um, I love what Toya said, don't let them take their devices into their, their rooms. And um, one thing is to build that trust with your child. Um, Ernie and I were talking about this this morning on the patio when we were praying about this podcast. And I asked him, I said, what would you want to tell our daughters if right now or any other little girls or young girls um, and boys? Because he said, and the boys. And I said, yes. And he yeah. said, tell them you love them, but don't just tell them. Show them that you love them them this is vital show them that um you approve like you were saying about your son uh talk Mm -hmm. one thing that he mentioned that i want to just add in here which i think is amazing teach them self-defense absolutely they need to take some self-defense classes because i think so many i want to take them i haven't done it yet but i want to take some self-defense classes because i think young girls they go into this and start them young start them at 13 12 years old no, even because, younger. Okay. Even they, younger. They'll have Ten. a fighting chance. They'll have a fighting chance. Well, and if nothing else, it empowers them. And in these self-defense classes, they're going to have a confidence. And they're going to go, oh, wait, what that boy is doing to me is wrong. I learned this in self-defense. You know? So you know what number one thing in self-defense is? What? Your voice. Okay. Yes. That's number, so that's, so yeah. especially, yeah. period, no matter who it is. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so... I mean, you may not know my past, but I have thousands of wrestling matches under my belt, several yeah, national times. I mean, so I, I'm a fighter and, and a musician. I mean, who knew? My mom put me in cello or piano lessons when I was six. My dad put me in wrestling les- lessons. Neither one would let me quit, so this is what you get. But, you know, well, actually, so I don't know if you've talked with Jake. So I've had, I've had a number of men, men approached me recently just saying, listen, you know, I just want to know more about self-defense, how to fight. And so my sweet wife, Ventoya, you haven't met my wife yet, but she really is like just the sweetest thing in the world. In fact, even Pastor Jeff from the pulpit is always talking about how sweet my wife is. And so Jake was over. So Jake Jake and, and, and Jen, they just got um, some chickens and stuff. And we have a lot of chickens that are going around. My wife's carrying a dead chicken while they're having a conversation. It was really funny. <laughs> anyway, then she, so my wife's real sweet. And so Jake was going to come. He's like, okay, she's like, well, have fun fighting. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, but yeah. it, it's one of those things where you 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 really can, and it's, there's not a whole lot to self defense. That, think of this: Have you ever been holding, you know, a small child, okay, and that small child hurts you in one way? I mean, I've had toddlers. I mean, drop, take me to my knees. Um, and so you don't realize how powerful you are. But I'll go ahead and give you your first self defense lesson. It is your voice. You be mm-hmm. loud. You tell them you see them, and you will not be taken advantage of. You get away from me. I know I'm yelling into the mic, and you're probably I'm that's red line on everything, but that's what you do. Yeah. Use your voice. So lesson number one, you've just had your first lesson. And you already right, and have I naturally wanna, that voice. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Toya. I'm so sorry. I just was on that note. Um, we actually, after our second event, we paid for a group of uh, 25 uh, young girls, 12 and up, to go to a um, smart girl self-defense class here in Albuquerque. And she does this great mix of exactly what you're talking about you know using your voice um and then one of our speakers from global one here in albuquerque that's what she layers into our events she actually her segment is all about that so even if you went into our stuff and you access 
uh, Rachel Chance's Global One portion. It's called Proceed with Caution. And she actually speaks into these young people. Here's what you say. Here's what you do. Here's how you put distance between them while you're looking for one to attend in person. Because I'm telling you, all three of my girls have gone through it. I've done self-defense. We've all done concealed carry. I mean, we're crazy over here. I like you. No, you're not crazy. Not you're, my, you're, my, you're my kind of people. Now, that's the other thing. No, we're Teach just, them how to no. shoot. Teach them how to shoot. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, and even if you're not comfortable with that, once they get that, um, there is self-esteem com that comes along with self-defense training. There's like, you know what? I can sew. I can sew. And I had one of my biggest breakthroughs spiritually was when I figured out I can sew. I can be feminine or I can tear you to pieces in the parking lot. I love it. It's up yes. to you. You know, so let's, yes, thank you for mentioning you that. Well, it's yeah. critical. I'll tell you the second part. So the, the other thing is look them in the eye. You know, you can, it's amazing the power that you have. So even if you're scared to death, which you will be, okay? It's okay to be scared. That's what courage is, you know? And, and but you, you look them in the eye and you be loud and you let that voice. So anyway, that's, that's one practical thing. And y'all are both right. Get in a self-defense class. You need to do one, so. Well, may, maybe I do. <laughs> I need, I, 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 my little girls, they're all ready. They, they asked me. So anyway, I think this is, this is really good. I, I don't want to, we're running up against the clock a little bit. I want to talk about pornography and some things that we can do in regards to helping people come out of that addiction. So let me go ahead and say this. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, pornography, there's nothing good about it. And you can say, well, my wife and I, or this, and that, it's just uh, is to spice things up. No, it's not actually you're what, let me tell you what, what the marriage bed is. And that's one man, one woman, nobody else watching. And, and, and it's, it's a, it's a covenant between husband, wife, and God. That's it. And, and there's nothing else you can say, well, I'm trying to get ideas. No, you're not. I'm telling you what, God will give you all the ideas you need. You don't have to. This is something that comes, I mean, naturally, you don't have to go. And, and, and I'll tell you what, I'll say this before I give you some solutions and things that you need to overcome. But I, I, my wife and I, you know, have, have a beautiful marriage. And I, I did not think when, I, when we first got married, I didn't know. I was like, how do you become more attracted to your wife over years? And we're, we're on our 20th year now. And I, I'll tell you this, my wife is more beautiful to me than she has ever been ever. And, and, the, and, the, and I'll tell you what, the, from the more I pursue God, the more I pursue God and the more I pursue my bride, I mean, the more beautiful she is to me. And so I'll tell you this, if you really want things to get, I, I didn't think things could get better, but they do. And I know this is a topic nobody wants to talk about, but we're going to talk about it. It's my show. We're going to do it anyway. Okay. And, and so the thing is, is that if, you, if you're looking at pornography, it says, I think it's in Matthew 5, 28, it says, if you even look on another woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. Okay. And if I got the, 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 the chapter and verse wrong, go look it up. It's in Matthew. But just, just know that you, you have to, and on that particular point, is that yes, you're going to see women that you may be attracted to, but it's what you do with that thought. Um, you hold it captive. Okay. Um, so let's talk about some practical things. First of all, if you have an issue with pornography, um, you, you need to make sure that you're not sitting in front of a computer when other people are not around. Um, I would even go, you're going to say, well, what do you do with, you know, your phone? Okay, well, what I would do, and here's what I highly recommend, is that you need to actually have your wife uh, or, or somebody you trust that's going to hold you accountable, another man that, that's going to speak truth and life into you, hold the passwords, and, and then they load, you load child protection software on here. Um, basically, it's, you can use, I've mentioned them in previous episode, but MM Guardian is one uh, custodio is another and in fact i know people who have done this even because they're addicted to social media not just pornography they've actually had people put locks on their phone because they could not quit looking at social media which was again you know an addiction and so you're you're making sure that you're being held accountable you're bringing it all into the light um so there are a lot of practical resources and, and, and people that i trust online one of them that you can look at is actually triple x church i know those are not usually letters that you put together, but it was actually founded um, helping pull people out of the areas of pornography, um, and it's it's evolved and grown. Of course, they've been attacked. Um, there's my my re first recommendation in anybody struggling in the area of pornography is to make sure that you bring it into the light, mm -hmm. and that's going to be the hardest thing that you do because you're one embarrassed, you're shamed, you're afraid that your life is going to be destroyed. Well, let me go ahead and tell you your life. God, God, he'll take, when you bring things into light, you'll be amazed at how many people will lock arms with you, but especially the father, but the enemy is the one that works in the darkness. And your issue is never going to get better until it is brought into the light. 
Um, and so if you're married, if you're, uh, I've actually, I've heard it both ways. I've heard women having to go and, and not, not just the man being addicted to pornography, but the wife or the, you mm-hmm. know, so sit down and, and it, the conversation goes like this. I have something I need to tell you and I have an addiction and I'm addicted to, I've, I've been looking at this, you know, and I'm ashamed and let them say whatever they need to say. If they cuss at you, if they're mad at you, just let them say whatever they need to say. Get it out. That's the worst point right there. And then you can start working. It's at least in the light. And then you bring a pastor into it. You bring other men, an elder in the church, um, people that you know that you can um, help walk this through this process. And, and I'll tell you this, nine times out of ten, the spouse always sticks. Uh, you know, I think it's even higher than that, if you know the truth. I think it's like 95 plus percent, of the, unless, except in extreme cases, the wife ends up supporting, you know, the husband or the husband supporting the wife, and it becomes part of their testimony and, and grows them close together. For that which the enemy meant for evil, mm-hmm. God turns to good. Yeah. And I'll say this too, um, and, and I'm going to let y'all both speak to this point, um, and that is generational curses. Let me tell you something. When you open a door, you, you say, okay, well, this is your struggle. As soon as you open that door, there's a spirit attached to, to pornography. I mean, a lot of spirits. There's a lot of spirits in, in a lot of different areas, okay, from lust to, you know, from deceit, you name it. Um, you're opening that up, and when you open up that spirit, you're also exposing your, your family to it, your children. And mm-hmm. you'll, it's just like alcoholism and everything else. You are creating a generational curse. You're cursing not only yourself, cursing your marriage, but you're also pl- putting a curse over your children. And I just thought I would get y'all's thoughts um, as to that particular point as well, because I, I, I would imagine, Toya, in, in the environment that you see, you can probably see generational things, um, you know, connected to the trafficking. We do. We see um, like a grandmother that was in either had sold herself or people would say, you know, it's well, that was just prostitution. I'm saying if you really got the stories on it, you would know that it was uh, trafficking even back in the day. And then on to that person had a child. And so the mom ends up also being um, a prostitute. And then this next child, the next generation having it in the same way we see unwed, you know, marriage or pregnancies, etc. So to your point, absolutely. And also Reba and I had this conversation because even through sexual abuse, um, one thing that I say, it's almost like getting giardia or being infested with a parasite. When something like that is particularly sexual for some reason comes at a child, it just feels like you, that is transmitted in that way. And I know it's a spiritual, you know, thing that does occur when somebody who has that issue Um, So the next door neighbor, um, when I was four years old, whatever, and certainly he dealt with whatever level of pornography at the time, but also he was such a deep, deep pedophile because he also got my older sister, but that transmitted. And so um, I had issues I couldn't even put my finger on growing up all my life. And, And so this is similar in that way. I'm saying I'm saying you're right that once it goes from one person and it doesn't leave them, it just spreads. Like if you drop blue food coloring in water, it is absolutely going to go in and eventually that water will be blue. It does that thing in a family and there's no way around it, which is why we have to be the breakers of that. That's why we have to to say and to decide no more. And when I got born again in 1980, that's what I did. I'm like, not one more generation will be affected this way. Mm -hmm. Not one. Not on my watch. And that's what men and women who are addicted to pornography can say and do. Not one more. God will break this over my family. And I will not have it one more second in this family. And even there may be some people that will end up having to go before their family and pray together. God, we thank you that this family honors you with all our lives, all our hearts. We'll not be controlled by one thing. Not by pornography. Not by money. Not by anything that is other than godly. So... I'm just agreeing with you. Reba, what would you say about this? Yeah, most definitely. I've seen it over the years as I've counseled and ministered to people that um, there seems to always be a generational curse that needs to be broken off. It usually doesn't just start with you. It's somewhere in the past. It could be a generational curse of sexual abuse, whatever it might be, but it's uh, what I have seen is that 
people that have struggled in these areas, it's like they have a neon sign over their head and they're wondering, why do I feel like a magnet to this kind of thing? Well, because there's things in the spirit realm as well in the darkness that recognize this. And so it does need to be broken off. For instance, let's say the dad's struggling with pornography. Well, he's very likely looking at it within his own home, you know, somewhere in his office or whatever. And I'm not just picking on the men because it's it's very prevalent with the women as well. But um, what happens is I read this uh, story by this pastor's wife once, and she said that it's like there's holes in the ceiling above our roof because our home is supposed to be the place that protects our children Mm. when we we open those doors it's like a leaky ceiling and it is going to get on our children that's good we'll get on our kids and i've i don't know how many people i've prayed with over the years of breaking off different generational curses but you can just simply say it stops here no more it's not on my watch anymore and it will not fall into my children and then begin to walk it out like trent talked about you know of where you know you get that accountability you begin to one thing you mentioned earlier was about getting to the root of things ask god to show you where the root of that addiction is because it's very likely it was sometime in your past where you were exposed or you were sexually abused, or maybe you yeah. got something online, which is very common now. Over and over, I hear that when I minister to men, which I always have another man with me when I do that. But there's always some sort of exposure of that. So it's asking God, show me where the root is of it. Let's take it to the very root and cut this thing off. You know, you know and I, I want to say something. You, you, you said something that I think is important, okay? There's a big difference between temptation and addiction. Um, because here's the thing you're like, well, the root is I, I think women are pretty. Okay. That, that's not the same thing. Um, it, it, it could be if it's, if it's, if it's perverted and you're looking at women the wrong way, but let me, that's the thing about men that I, I often talk, they feel guilty for just seeing a woman and thinking that she's beautiful. And I, I want to say again, so it's one thing, the bird flies through the barns, a whole nother thing to build a nest. So just, you know, I, I think, but when she, I believe when she's talking about the root, just if you say, okay, well, I think, you know, I've, I've noticed this woman, I think she's attractive. That's probably not a root. We're talking about something much deeper um, that makes you feel like you get validation by looking or pursuing the pornography. Um, I have two things I'd like to do um, real quick. First of all, we're going to do a wild, card around, uh, a wild card round here in a minute where you just anything that's on your heart, anything that comes to mind, anything that you want to share. Both of you, I want to give you as much opportunity to do that as possible. Um, this whole, you know, couple of episodes, which first of all, thank you ladies for just agreeing to come on. Y'all are incredible. Um, y'all, y'all are truly amazing. And I hope that, you know, just y'all can influence others in this area. And I think that's it. So like we talked about sex trafficking, if somebody is watching this or listening to this online and wants to say that they want to figure out how to help in that area, I don't think we've talked about that. How would somebody um, get involved with helping in the human trafficking segment? Rebecca, do you want to take that or do you want me to? Okay. (laughs) I wasn't sure. Um, I always tell people if you can find a local organization, because in almost every larger city, there's an organization already. So they are looking for volunteer. I'm sure of it. Um, People will have different jobs they'll be able to do. It may be that you're uncomfortable working right with survivors or whatever, but there's going to be a list of things that don't include that. Um, if it's going to be working with the survivors themselves, then it could just be that they have certain levels of education. Ours, our home did. You had to have accomplished certain training levels to work with these actual women. And we, we just had women. We didn't have the boys. Um, so anyway, I, I would encourage you to please um, research online what is available in your community and get plugged in on whatever level you're comfortable. If you catch uh, wind of or hear of a, uh, and if you follow us on Instagram, or you can do all that through our for the one dot one, you can find out if there's, um, if we're doing an event, which will always be live streamed and you want to watch that to educate yourself more. Um, 
you could also find out through watching our social media if somebody maybe near you is having something and you feel passionate enough about getting connected to that um, then i recommend you do that but i would absolutely check out first and see who in your backyard might need your help right now you know and yeah, and the absolutely. more you'll get you're going to get involved in that and start talking about it your kids and your community are watching you they need to know this information so start talking it up talk about what you learned today you'll be in the line one day and you're going to hear somebody go oh those girls are doing that because they like it it's just their income and they enjoy it and you can say absolutely no that's not right so just educate yourself that that's, too that's great advice um reba same same question well, I just uh, I really encourage you to go follow For the One uh, with Toya because they have just a wealth of information out there. And, um, and, we, trust, and we trust her. And we trust Toya. Yeah. I'm, Thank you. I'm not real familiar with our community and how, how active they are in it. I think there's a couple of organizations I'm not real familiar with. So... If we learn more also about our community, can, yeah, we'll, we'll publish it. Yeah, for sure. We can, we can be looking in that arena. If you want to look more globally or just, uh, just spread out a little bit further, those that are actually in all the states that are uh, – one thing I would recommend is also go follow um, – you know, we're, we're hearing Toya talk about just her, she's on the front lines of bringing awareness, vulnerable no more. Of course, they've got the, the third phrase of helping women that have come out of sex trafficking. Uh, there's other men and women that are out there on the front line actually rescuing children that are coming out of human trafficking and they're partnering with law enforcement and so those might be another one of the other ngos you know yeah so um and i there's some that i follow and i have supported and that's underground operation underground railroad another one is veterans uh, for child rescue which i mentioned a while ago mm -hmm. of course there's a21 there's exodus cry all of those yes. are just, yes. I mean, parents, if you want to know more about online predators, some of these, like, um, especially Exodus Cry, you're going you're gonna to get the information yeah. and the resources. Another one that I, one more thing I want to recommend that the parents get, um, because we were talking about share some resources with them. A121 has made a video called Secrets. And it's a very short video. It would be ideal for girls and boys, moms and dads, to sit down and say, or moms or whoever with your daughter, I want you to watch this. Because it talks, it literally shows how from the point of a predator messaging a girl online to the point where they're promising her that she could get some sort of dance uh, talent agency that's going to recruit her to the point that she walks out her front door and gets in the car mm. and disappears so those are things that i and it's a short video and sometimes when your kids especially teenagers watch something that is about another teenager you know i feel like they're going to be more attentive and watching that and i guarantee you if they watch it they will never forget it uh, that, that, that's great advice yeah. All right. Well, Toya, I'm going to start with you. Um, wild card round here. Anything that we haven't covered or it's on your heart or that you'd like to reiterate, um, I'm just going to turn it over to you. I just would say, again, it's the biggest conversation. People think it's simple. It's not. So I just will encourage one more time, please go to our website and begin to, to navigate around in there to get educated. There's not one thing on there that we haven't vetted. Um, that we don't believe is to be true and certainly through our own experience and our own research. I would also say, please, if you want to know um, with our national human trafficking hotline, how they break down the calls um, that are currently coming in, they finally updated their website. Um, it's, so it's national human trafficking hotline. And so Polaris is the group that they take all of those calls and they break it up into all these different segments of how many um, kids broken into how many ages, how young adults, nationality, um, how they were trafficked, where they were trafficked. 
I, I recommend you go in there and kind of navigate around in the National Human Trafficking Hotline um, website as well. I think you'll you'll get a lot of good information there. But always remember, it is so underreported. People don't know what they're looking at most of the time, and There's they're not going to self-identify. Mm -mm. And they won't self-identify because we talked a lot about um, how we need to get our children's hearts. And the reason why is because if we don't, they will. That's right. And if they get their hearts, if they get their hearts, then it's over because it's a lot harder to talk. So the kidnapped ones, they know they're kidnapped. They know they've been stolen and they're being sold and it's horrible. The ones who have been won over and they think these people love them. Those are the ones that I'm most terrified for. So let's get ahead of it. Yeah, That's good. That's good. All right. Well, Reva, um, I'm going to throw the same thing out there. Is there anything that you want to mention here? Yeah. Um, for years, I've been on the redemptive end of this. Um, and I've always wanted to be more on the preventive. You know, I've seen it stop. You know, where if, and yes, we need both. Both. Yeah. So both are necessary. Yes. But what yes. if we reduce that amount on the redemptive end by preventive, which would be a sucker punch in the enemy's gut? You know, that, would be, that would be what we want to do as parents. Um, I would just encourage you so many times. I don't know how many mothers have said, well, I don't want to, you know, uh, overstep their privacy. And um, or I don't want to come across as being paranoid. Uh, this is not being paranoid. We are in a war. That's right. And totally. there yeah. are That's predators right. out there coming into our own homes online now. And you need to, you need more of a, parents need to be more militant, not in a aggressive way with their children. You know, we've got to approach it in a way where they're going to listen and, and walk them through it. But you've got to have a militant mindset because we're in a war. This isn't paranoia. This is the truth. And the truth will set you and your children free. This is yep. preventing something from happening like happened at the Mavericks game in Dallas. This is, this is on our own turf now. This could be our own children, and but it could also stop. That's the good news. That's what we want to bring here is the good news. If you get proactive, yeah. and um, even if your parent, even if your kids think you're being paranoid, no, this is the truth. This is what's happening. These are the facts, and we're going to be more careful. We're going to be more watchful. And we're going to teach you how to how to walk in the empowerment and the identity that God has created you to, you know, who he's called you to be and to do. Well, I yeah. think that's really good. And I think I'd like to add this because it comes down to listen to the Holy Spirit. If you have a check in your spirit about something, pursue it. I can't tell you how many times, like I, I can think of one story in particular of somebody that we counseled. Um, they, they went to a family, you know, the, the, the kid was kind of, you know, usually not well-received, but... Uh, a family member wanted to stay up watch a movie with him and the mom had a check but oh no at least he's giving us attention and you can you know what happened so listen to holy spirit listen to that those che that check you feel the other day i had a check my daughter my oldest daughter was going someplace and i i mean he gave me a check and i was like oh but father if it's me uh that's one thing but if it's if it's if it's you also give her the same check and he did Absolutely did. And what that did mm -hmm. is it showed her that she can listen. And I, so we sat down and I just said, hey, I have a check about this. All I said, we're having a meal. I said, I had a check about this. What do you think? She goes, oh, my gosh. You know, and then, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so have that dialogue and that conversation with your kids. You know, listen to Holy Spirit. He knows everything going on. And, and I, I would, and Toya, you, you, you may tell me I'm wrong, but I feel like the majority of these situations that arise, if, if you listen to the Father, you listen to the Holy Spirit, they can be avoided. I mean, totally be avoided, never even get in that situation because you're listening to God and getting ahead of it to begin with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stop, shoving, stop doubting it. Stop doubting it. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a girlfriend here that's in ministry, and that's why I was clapping. Stop doubting yourself. Stop second-guessing yourself. I would rather be wrong. I bad, I'd rather, like, be wrong and speak up and yeah, say absolutely. something. If you hey. had just said, oh, she'll be mad at me. I, she just got in trouble the other day, so I should let her do this. No, sir. You know, you draw a line in the sand. Like Reba said, this is war. This is absolute yeah. war for our families and our kids. And it's hopeful because we can make a decision that might yeah. save their lives. 
and you imparting that into your daughter to say, and you hurt him too. Oh my gosh, yeah. this is awesome. You well, know, good you know, stuff. You know, this, this, I think we could keep going. Um, you know, there's so many things that we touch on. And when you get excited about the things of, of the spirit and what we can do to really make an impact in the kingdom and to really take back that ground that the enemy has tried to take from us. I want to say before we get out of here, um, you know, first of all, ladies, y'all are incredible. Thank you both. I, also, if Reba's you. books, children's books are amazing. And you can get them out at RebaRussellAuthor.com. And I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it or not, but she's in the midst of writing another book. And I don't know if you want to talk about that at all, but I, I'm excited about it. It's not a children's book, but it's a novel, correct? Yes, it is. And the novel, I'm, all I'm going to tell you is a love story with suspense. Um and it is going to be uh, on this very subject that we're talking about. But we're going to see what can happen. And but or, or just I want to be real careful. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I didn't mean to put gotta, you on the spot. I'm going to be very careful <laughs> what I say right now. Yeah. But yeah, it's on this subject. But it's also the beauty of redemption of our sexuality and how God mm -hmm. intended for love, true love, to be. And so, yeah, and I want to just add one thing to the parents. Is that okay? Absolutely. All I want to just say is this can be overwhelming because you're like, how do I do all this? Well, I can tell you not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Let his spirit lead you. This is good news today. You can get on top of this. You can be the one that prevents something of happening for another child or your own child. So this is all, this, this is what the enemy does not want to happen. That's right. And so this is good news because we're, we're ahead of the game right now just by telling some of the parents right here in this audience. Well, this has been great. I, uh, you know, I want to just recap, you know, for the 1.1, you know, vulnerable no more. We have RebaRussellAuthor.com. And I tell you what, both these ladies, you know, anything that anything they're putting out, you can trust. Anyway, again, thank you both for taking your time and being part of this, you know, series of episodes. Uh, Toya has been such a joy um, getting to meet you. I look forward to staying connected and being a part of your ministry okay. in some capacity. And uh, anyway, and, and Reba, you know, obviously we're kind of in it together, you know, in, in ministry and church together. But this is exciting times. Listen, if you uh, if you are just now listening to uh, Digging for the Truth for the first time or even heard about the Church of Bushland for the first time, we are a growing, just a spirit-filled church, and we would love to connect with you. You can comment in the, uh, the, the, the comments out here section of the, of the if you're on YouTube. But we'd also, you can email us. You can call in. We would love to know what you think, and if we can pray for you, if there's anything we can do for you guys, listen, we love you. We're so thankful that you have taken the time to learn about this important topic and subject, and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.